Come, Holy Spirit, and touch my lips. Come, Holy Spirit, and illuminate our minds. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our hearts with love for you. Amen. I think it was Heather in one of her sermons a couple of weeks ago that made the analogy of the visit of the Magi to the infant Jesus and the presentation of Jesus by Mary and Joseph in the temple as being like bookends. These two events with the child Jesus framing the other events we have heard about during the last three weeks in the life of the adult Jesus, his baptism by John, the calling of his disciples and the changing of the water into wine at the wedding of Cana. Today we come to the bookend, the presentation of Christ in the temple, but it's not really a bookend. As Heather explained at the beginning of this service, this is the point at which we begin to turn from the cradle to the cross. But as I began to think about the readings this week for this sermon, I began to think about that analogy of Heather's even more. Like many of you, I am sure I have a lot of books at home. Some are placed on shelves neatly and in alphabetical order with the sides of the bookcase keeping the books upright and together. Some are placed on top of the bookshelves and need bookends to keep them upright and together. And then there are others which lie quite haphazardly sideways and on top of one another where they have been taken out, read and not put back quite as they should. Let's just say the books in my study are not in any state to be shown on Zoom. Whenever they are commented on, I try to get away with things by saying, well, at least they are used. And so I got to thinking about the events of Jesus's life in this epiphany season and how we need to take them out, read them and really use them rather than just having them sat on the shelf looking tidy. I think several of us who have preached during this season have alluded to the fact that the events of Jesus' life and this time of year are very familiar to us, and it seems strange to have to hear the same scripture again and again. I have certainly talked about the necessity to reread and reimagine the stories we are given as we find ourselves always in a new place with God in our lives. God does not allow us to stand still. With God, it is as if we have a new gift to unwrap each day and in each season, asking, what is your will for me now, Lord? Or what will you show me? Or what do I need to be looking for or listening out for? I make no apology for making the same point again, because it is true. Our lives are made of many and varied experiences and events, and the word of God will come to us in different ways and at different times, depending on where we are in that journey of life. I have preached for many years on these texts, for instance, but it feels today as if the last five weeks of Scripture have been a true gift from God, a treasure not to be dismissed, but to be held and shared. During the last few days, I've had the image of a large suite wrapped in golden paper with both ends twisted, It has seemed to me that those ends are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And if I can part the wrapper, I might be able to behold the sweet inside, the work of God in the world through Jesus Christ. It has, however, also seemed scary to even begin to think that I might unwrap the work of God 
to try to understand it or to taste it. And it has seemed as if the best thing to do might be to put the sweets in a tin or maybe my pockets and just keep it safe. However, I know that if I put the sweets in the tin, I'll probably forget about it being there and it might go off before I can taste it. If I put it in my pocket, it might well melt and I will never be able to taste it as it was meant to be. In other words, if we put God tidily on the shelf, in the tin or in our pocket, we will never know the wonders he has in store for us or to tell us or show us. Mary, Joseph, the wise men, John the Baptist, Andrew, Peter, Philip and Nathaniel, the guests at the wedding, Simeon and Anna, all took the risk of unwrapping the sweet. They took the book off the shelf, looked and listened openly, and in so doing they saw the revelation of God, the work of the Trinity in them and in the world. Terrifying, awesome, remarkable, painful, exciting, distressing, incredible and long-awaited, but they took the risk. Do we take the risk? Or do we like our scripture to be comfortable? Why on earth, when we look at the people in our scripture, do we ever expect anything with God to be comfortable or easy? And why on earth, having looked at them, would we take the risk they did? For both Simeon and Anna, the journey of waiting and expectation had been a long one. But both of them, Simeon in the city and Anna in the temple, trusted in the prophecy of Malachi that they knew so well and had every expectation of it being fulfilled. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight Indeed, he is coming. But equally, they both knew this was not a nice, cosy, comfortable prophecy. This wasn't the promise that a lovely little baby would arrive in their midst and all would be well. This was the promise of God that there would be a reckoning and a refining of the people of God. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will refine them like gold and silver. This was the promise of God that there would be a time of judgment. I will be swift to bear witness against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired workers in their wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the alien and do not fear me says the Lord of hosts. No wonder they were on the lookout. Wouldn't you be if that was the promise? Are you on the lookout today? Because it is still the promise. But within Simeon's words and the faithfulness of both of them, there was also a new promise. Not one of death and destruction, of refining and fear, but the promise of a new way, a new hope, a greater love that would conquer everything 
including death. Grace was revealed. That was the great revelation in the temple on that day. That God had come to humankind in the form of a baby who would grow to be a man. God had taken on our mantle, our weakness, in order to bring us back to his heart, in order that no longer should we live in fear, but only in love. The unwrapping of the sweet reveals judgment, yes, but righteous judgment. Righteous judgment because of the baby who grew to be the man on the cross and through his death and resurrection offers us grace that we might stand in the presence of God. Might not feel very comfortable, it might still be very risky, but that is the gift and the revelation. If we unwrap the scriptures, pour over them, allow them to become part of our being and our hearts, as well as our minds, we then have the incredible invitation to step into the very presence of God, the creator, redeemer, and sustainer. But what does that look like in reality for us as we live out our lives? Well, yesterday I got a glimpse of it, I think. I watched a programme that had been recommended to me by my mother. It was one of those makeover programmes. A team of five experts take someone and their home and at their request try to help them live well. The programme yesterday centred on a clergy person running a rundown church in Philadelphia in the United States. He needed some help both in terms of hair and clothes, but also in terms of living in a well-ordered home. So far, so good. My mum had warned me when she sent the recommendation that it would make me cry. At the end of the programme, I texted her, cry? I sobbed. And what had led me to a place of sobbing over a makeover programme? This pastor was gay. He had chosen to tell people this news about 10 years ago, well and truly into his adult life. When the church in the United States had finally agreed that openly gay people could be clergy. Prior to that, it was okay to be gay in the pew, but not as a clergy person. But actually, in reality, it really wasn't okay to be gay in the pews either. What proceeded as part of this program were several conversations between the pastor, the experts, and his small congregation about the hurt and the damage that had been done to these people in the name of Jesus Christ. It was quite unbelievable to hear how graceless they had been treated, to hear their stories and the pain they had gone through. But it was remarkable that this pastor still wanted to offer the grace of Jesus Christ to others. Because he had the courage to unwrap the sweet and look at the truth that was held within. Look grace full on in the face 
He wanted his church, the building and the people there, to be a safe place for all, in exactly the same way as we hope and pray we are on some days here at St Paul and St Stephen's. He wanted to be the leader of a church that had taken the wrapper off and truly looked at the revelation of God through Jesus Christ. He wanted to be the leader of a church where the people might be a little less successful than the big church down the road, where the paint was peeling and the water coming in, but where there was a space of honesty, a place for grace to work and be. It is that kind of church I want to be a leader within too. It is my prayer every day that we might see those who come, who might look a little less successful, might have their own struggles with all kinds of aspects of life, and offer an honest space for all of us to unwrap the paper together and to taste the wonder of the love of God contained within, the grace that Simeon and Anna saw, the hope that Mary had. For that is what led me to sob. This pastor and the people around him had understood the message contained within. God made me to be a glorious part of his creation. He will never leave me or desert me. He will only love me and want the best for me. And when I get it wrong, as we all will, his love will still be there. He will take me by the right hand and lift me up. He will declare, this is my daughter with whom I am well pleased. That paragraph applies to all of us, to you and to me. For as Paul writes, it is clear he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect. Take a moment and think what that might mean. In every respect of human life. So that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Being a disciple means taking a risk to journey with God, from the baby in the manger to the man on the cross. Standing in the middle, there are going to be painful times. There have been painful times. There will still be painful times to come. Things that will pierce our own souls. But... Standing in the middle, we stand in the grace of God, and that joy is extraordinary. Amen.